Welcome to Daring to Be Happy with Leela B, the podcast that invites you to show up, play big, be courageous, and inspire you that through meditation you can find peace and live happy. Hi there and welcome to today's show. So right now I have left Bali. I know, it's so sad. And I'm recording from Singapore. I'm here for the rest of this week. And then by Monday, by the time next Monday's episode comes out, I'll be home. I'll be back in New Zealand. So today I'm recording from my pod hotel in a little uh, Skype booth. But if you hear any background noises, that's just people start their day. But first off today, I wanted to start today's episode with a quick chat with my friend, Jim. We just recorded this little mini interview while in the car yesterday morning at 7am on our way to the airport. And I was heading to Singapore and she and another friend, Kate, were heading to Malaysia for the day to go shopping, as you do, of course. And it just turns out that we were all able to travel together in the car, which was nice. So yes, we're in a car, so expect to hear a few toots and car noises in the background. No, you're not rambling at all. Uh, can I ask a question again? What was it? this summer? Oh, um. Tell me about, like, what kind of meditation have you been doing lately? Oh, okay. So, since coming to Bali, I've been kind of naughty, and I haven't been doing it. But earlier this summer, when I was in still in my 9 to 5, a group of us at the office kind of just started using a meditation app as a group. And to be honest, it really kind of saved our sanity as things were just getting really toxic and frustrating. So... We had this little basement office that was super depressing with, like, really harsh neon lighting, just awful. And we would just kind of escape that and go into a storage room, close the door, and just be able to zone out and get away from it all for 10 or 20 minutes was just life-changing. And, like I said, just kind of saved our sanity. So, yeah, I need to get back into it, Mila. I love that you did that as like a group a collective yeah did that help like having that kind of accountability with everyone oh absolutely not to like trivialize but it almost became a little bit of a running joke or thing between like five or six of us oh did you meditate today or we would kind of have a little alert go off on our phones Mm -hmm. at different times of day and you could kind of give somebody a look like oh yeah I know where you're going you're going to meditate enjoy and it was nice I also got closer with that group of people too in the office because we were able to kind of band together and have it not be about venting about the office situation and negative and actually be able to talk about something positive was really nice. Yeah, like a more proactive approach to dealing with the issues at work. Absolutely, yeah. It was a good good move. Very good. What app were you using? Uh, we were using Headspace. Yeah, we started Headspace. It was one of the girls had stumbled upon it, and it just was like a domino effect. We all just kind of started using it and keeping each other accountable, as you said. Yeah. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. So what do you think will help to get you back into it here? That's a good question. You know what I you should do? It. 
You should listen to last week's episode. Yeah, right? okay. answer that question. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know all the answers. How how to like my tips for meditating when traveling? Okay, was yeah. what I did last week. That's good because I I think yeah when you when you're on the road you kind of maybe start with a mindset that I don't have time or like I can't make the time or I'm going and I'm busy, but once you're actually settled in a bit more, then I think it helps you create that routine too to like have that set time maybe twice a day to take a take a breather and collect yourself. Thank you, Jen. I loved hearing the example of how you use meditation in your workplace. And I'd love to hear if anyone else has ever tried creating a meditation group with your work colleagues. And I want to hear how it's helped you. And while we were recording that, Kate was also filming us for her Instagram story. So if you want to see behind the scenes of recording literally on the road and learn more about the day in the life of a digital nomad, check out Kate's Instagram channel, The Remote Nomad. And I'm going to try and get a copy of that little clip of us recording in the car. And I will share a link to it in the show notes. For speaking of Instagram, I've just launched a brand new Instagram channel called Daring to Be. The handle is daring.to.be. And I'll be posting lots of inspirational quotes that come directly from my podcast interviews, as well as sharing all the other things that inspire me in life and help me remain conscious. So I'll regularly also be sharing my behind-the-scenes life as a modern-day monk via Instagram stories. So hop on over to Instagram and let's connect. And once again, that's daring.to.be. So now I want to move on to today's topic, which is something that's been plaguing me for a couple of weeks now. I've actually been putting off talking about it, but I've been having a lot of thoughts. And now I, while I know that there's nothing new about that, it's the paying attention to the content of those thoughts, which has been causing me a lot of discomfort and a lot of pain. And these are the types of things that I'm talking about. What am I doing with my life? What am I even good at? I don't think I'm good at anything. I've never really succeeded at anything. I've pretty much failed at everything I've ever done. Why can't I just be normal? You know, like everybody else. Why do I always seem to choose to do things the hardest way possible? Why can't my life just be a bit easier? Why can't I have what she has? When am I going to meet a guy? Why can't I meet a guy? Why does it have to be so hard? Why does nobody like me? They must think I'm crazy. They must think I'm a loser. They're probably right. There must be something wrong with me. There's definitely something wrong with me. I think I must be going crazy. No wonder nobody likes me. I don't like me. Why would anyone want to be around me or listen to me? If they had any idea what was going on inside my head, they would probably run a mile. There's definitely something terribly wrong with me. Anyone ever had any thoughts like that? Dear God, please tell me that you do. (laughs) And tell me, how did it feel listening to all of that? Was it difficult to listen to? Was it hard to hear? Was it familiar? Maybe you recognize some of those thoughts. Just a side note, if you did, and we're both having the exact same thoughts, whose thoughts are they? Are they your thoughts? 
Or are they my thoughts? Who does this thought belong to? What if it doesn't belong to either of us? Anyway, regardless, listening to all of that is probably a bit of a downer, right? There are what I call downward spiraling thoughts, or very low vibe. And the thing is, this goes way beyond simply negative thinking. These are all just voices inside your head. If these words spoken to you inside your head, which sound very much like they're coming from you, if they were said to you by somebody outside of you, how would you react? Would you let that person stay hanging around you for very long? Or would you demand that they leave the room? Or would you ignore them? The thing is, we would never tolerate this sort of commentary if it was actually said out loud. And so I refer to these types of thoughts as self-violent thoughts. And I'm not talking about being physically violent, not physically trying to hurt ourselves or anybody else. But the thoughts themselves, even though they don't reference actual physical harm, are still doing a huge amount of emotional harm inside our mind. And actually in saying that, our bodies too. It's basically like whipping yourself with an imaginary whip, a really, really big one. These types of thoughts all reflect our own levels of self-worth, self-love, and self-compassion. Basically, all these types of thoughts come back to one main base belief. The belief that there is something wrong. Something wrong with me, my life, or my world. And if we go back to the interview I just did with Sandy Newbigging, when we put our attention on the stuff that we are resisting, we are actually inviting even more of it in. Because what we resist persists. And just the other day I was having a really bad day with lots of self-violent thoughts. And then I jammed my finger in a door and it hurt a lot. And I didn't want to cry, but then I noticed that it really did hurt an awful lot. And I couldn't fight back the tears. But then the tears kept coming. And even though, yeah, it was still really painful, I could also sense that the tears weren't just about my sore finger, which is now turning black under the nail, by the way. It was also a release of energy and of all those self-violent thoughts that have been plaguing me for weeks, months, years. And I wasn't really surprised that this accident had been preceded by a lot of really violent thoughts towards myself. So all our violent thoughts come back to believing at a deep level that there's something wrong with us. Now that may sound pretty sad and heavy, but here's the good news about that. If we change our relationship with that one core belief, the rest of these self-violent thoughts will dissolve. Or at the very least, the whip will start to shrink so the thoughts no longer have the power to hurt us and they'll start to look really funny instead. Seriously, these thoughts are ridiculous. You know that, right? So imagine for a moment that these thoughts did belong to somebody else. Imagine everybody had chopped off their heads and swapped heads for a while. Imagine you were wearing your best friend's head and all of a sudden you saw her thinking all these really awful things about herself. Would you take those thoughts seriously? Would you believe them? No, you wouldn't. It's your best friend. You think she's wonderful. You know she's a wonderful person. You wouldn't for a minute allow her to entertain these types of thoughts, let alone let her believe them. And so I've basically recognized over the years that there's a whole gang of mean girls living in my head. 
and they're the worst. But like most mean girls, I can't control what they do or say to me. So what's the best way to fight them? Well, it's the opposite of fighting. It's love. It's sending those thoughts love. It's not taking them too seriously. It's looking after myself with self-love and being really, really gentle with myself all of the time. And when that feels hard or impossible, it's treating my own thoughts like they were actually my best friends and getting all mama bear on her and not allowing her to believe that shit. So protect your mind like you would if it belonged to your best friend or your child or your parent. Any of those examples will work. And let's flip that conversation around now. What am I doing with my life? You're exactly where you need to be. I've never really succeeded at anything. You're succeeding right this minute. Every time you remember the truth of who you are, every time you choose for stillness, every time you meditate. Why can't I just be normal like everybody else? (laughs) What even is normal? You are perfect just the way you are. If you thought you were normal, you'd probably hate that as well. Why can't I have what she has? You don't need to compare your life to others. It serves no purpose. When am I going to meet a guy? I don't know, but probably when you stop thinking about it and start loving yourself instead. They must think I'm crazy. They must think I'm a loser. Guess what? Everybody is so busy worrying about what other people think of them that they don't have time to actually think about you and judge you, so just relax. There must be something wrong with me. Nah, sorry, there's nothing wrong with you. You're actually perfect just the way you are. And by the way, believing that there's something wrong with you actually makes you really normal. See, I told you you'd hate it. Not to point out the obvious again, but this is the whole point of meditation, right? It helps to heal those deep-rooted beliefs that there's something wrong. So we don't have to go around trying to figure out how to fix each individual problem in our lives. Meditation goes right to the core and starts to heal and dissolve all of that. That's when the volume starts to get turned down. That's when the whip gets so small it starts to tickle us instead of hurt us, and all we can do is laugh at it. So don't forget to check out our guest interview that we had earlier this week with Sandy Newbigging. There's a little giveaway being run with that episode. So to enter it, go to leelab.life forward slash Sandy. And you could win a three-month membership to Sandy's online Calm community. Once again, that's leelab.life forward slash Sandy. And with that, I want to express my deep felt gratitude to you for listening. And I want to praise you for your willingness to show up, play big, be courageous, find peace, and live happy.